This is Channel 253 Sports. Entonces, ¿qué, mi gente? Yo soy el Rolo del Noroeste y estoy con los amigos de Flounders B-Team. Escúchenlos. In 2004, 30 years after the birth of the Seattle Sounders, a crack podcasting unit was sent to prison by a federal court for a crime they didn't commit. These men and women promptly, well, eventually, escaped from a minimum security luxury prison camp to the Tacoma Underground. Today, still wanted by the Timbers Army for dropping trial in front of Jeltwin, they survive as supporters of fortune. If you need a hot take, if no one else can help, and if you can find them, maybe you can hire the Flounders BT. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Flounders B-Team podcast. I am Steve Kettleson, and it is 642 on Monday, the 26th of March. How is everybody doing today? Thank you so much for listening, as always. In studio today, again, as always, we have the illustrious, the uh, shiny-headed, the beautiful, the teal um, uh, shirt-wearing and teal napkin-holding Tim Hamilton. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. It's been a couple weeks since we sat down. It's been a while. Yeah. It feels, feels interesting. It's like... Uh, it does. It feels good, right? Yeah. It feels like you're getting back into the saddle, back into something you're, you're used to. Got some quad tightness. Yeah. Yeah, I do too. I did some work in the basement this week, and so I'm my 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 glutes, my quads, everything is just like... Eh. Everything's I'm, atrophied. I'm feeling old. I'm right. definitely feeling old. This pod is atrophied without this, us. It has. I think it has. Uh, it doesn't have that same buoyancy and... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Revelance. In studio also, we have a very special guest today, Nico Moreno of Sounder at Heart. How you doing, man? Hey, hey, what's going on, everybody? Happy to be here. Nico Moreno, Colombia, Bogota, born and raised, talking about soccer, spent most of my days. That's how <laughs> I roll. <laughs> Wait, did, uh, but just did, happy to be here. <laughs> did you listen to the show where we had James Woolard? basically going through the fresh prince script no i have not oh my I'm god gonna go check that out so yeah that's the, in the back catalog you're gonna want to check that the, out it's the an best, oldie but a yeah, the best episode is probably the the last one of the year when we were you know in our tears driving back from toronto uh to detroit and then the first episode of the year when we had mm. mr fry on so if you haven't listened to those go do it we'll wait chilling out maxing out Relaxing all, cool and all. <laughs> yeah, so he, he read the... He read Shooting the, uh, some people outside of the school. Hey. I can't do his accent properly. Yeah, no one can. Yep. That's why he gets paid the big bucks. When a couple of guys, they were up, up to, to no good. good. They started making trouble, trouble in, in my, my neighborhood. neighborhood. I got a one little fight and my yep, mom yep. got scared. He's yo, got that Southie accent. Yo, Holmes. <laughs> to Bel Air. Yes, yo, Holmes. <laughs> to Bel Air. That's exactly it. Uh, so, yeah, Nico, <laughs> what's been up? what's up with you? We got lots of stuff to talk about today, don't we? Yeah, yeah, yes, we do. You know, a lot there's of speculative, a, a lot of movement here with the Sounders. You know, from uh, new faces to uh, tough losses, and uh, hopefully a good turnaround after a big uh, reset uh, break that the team needed. Absolutely, we did need a little bit of a week off because this is what's happened since we talked last. We had the uh, Sounders playing Chivas, of course. Uh, I think we talked about that loss on the show. I don't think so. At any rate, S2 versus PTFC, the season opener. I was in uh, Reno for that one, so we didn't talk about that on the show. Uh, we also had that same weekend, uh, Seattle Sounders FC versus FC Dallas in a miserable loss. We also had uh, S2 versus Swope Park Rangers, who is the uh, USL team that supports Kansas City, supporting KC. 
Um, also, we want to talk about uh, what's happening now. What's the state of the union? Um, we have Nico here, so if he's got any special stuff he can break about uh, transfer rumors or any injury status stuff that we might not be aware of, we'd absolutely love to hear from you on that. We also want to talk about the future. Of course, S2 is coming up with uh, Fresno on Wednesday, two days from when we record this. Hopefully, we'll have the show out by then. We'll do a little bit of a preview for that. And, of course, Montreal on the 31st in um, a in the, the, the first Canadian trip of the year this year. Well, first time Canada's coming here. Yeah. Of the year. Yeah. All yeah. right. There's a game Saturday. This night. is quality content, Nico. Thanks for being here for this. This is Happy wonderful. To be here. Happy to be man, here. Man, oh man, oh man. All right. So let's uh we don't want to talk too much about SSFC versus Chivas. Obviously, we got bounced out of CCL. There's a lot of like chatter online about, oh, is this the end of whatever, whatever? You know how it is. It's time to panic. It's always time to panic. It's so disappointing. I mean, yeah, we had injuries, <clears throat> head injuries to our, our very oh, limited man. attacking early depth. Like two two minutes in yeah two minutes in it was uh, uh the first Bruin. header injury was for will Bruin, Bruin, and then later in the he, game yeah he came off and never went back on mm-hmm. and then later in the game uh later in the first half about 25 minutes yeah later, chad marshall chad got marshall, a mouse. uh yeah he got a knot on his right eye yeah uh went up for a header and then i think the the other player just headed down and he headed up and mm-hmm. he got a shiner yep he tried to come back on for a few and then was off yeah so, then we brought in Kim Ki Hee, like just from zero to sixty, mm-hmm. and here they had time to warm up. That didn't go well, but so we dropped. You know, was was it one? What was the score at halftime? Do we even have a score? Or I want to say it was nil nil at half because we were like, okay, okay, we can do this. We can survive. Yeah. We're already one ahead. It'll be fine. It's all going to be fine. Everything's fine. And it didn't work out so well. It didn't. What was the ending score on aggregate for those two matches? Well, it ended up being 3-0 down there mm-hmm. in Guadalajara. So and so it was 3-1 on one. aggregate. And there was a lot that happened. I mean, for one, Will Bruin going out, I feel like, mm-hmm. when the Seattle Sanders don't have that retention nine, uh, Will Bruin is, is highly underrated. I mean, a lot of people don't realize how important it is that he's doing the dirty work. Mm-hmm. He is occupying the center backs. He's cl- creating space for those wingers to, to push into the flanks. And when he's not there, just things don't work the same. So that was an immediate impact to the play, especially when you're trying to retain the ball. When, when the, the key to this game was not bunkering down. The, the key was to keep possession mm-hmm. and defend yourself with the ball. Without Will Bruin, it was just hard to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, without without number nine, like you said, they they can push up higher, and so you're almost taking a third of the, the field away because yeah. we just can't get up there. It seemed like the universal guidance that the crowd, if you were crowdsourcing the strategy for that game, the universal guidance was attack early, get a goal in the first 20 minutes, really keep them on their heels, and make it happen. And there was just... N- it seemed like the midfield was just super clogged. There's no movement, no traffic. Passes weren't connecting. What do you think about that, Nico? No, absolutely. And you're completely right because of those same issues. I mean, Dempsey ends up getting moved to mm-hmm. play a fake nine role. Yep. So then you have a player that's typically who is going to be distributing the ball, who's going to be retaining, who's going to be holding mm-hmm. a little bit higher. And then you put somebody like uh, the Wolf uh, coming in and getting in that role. Although he has very good vision, I mm-hmm. still think like he needs to get a little bit more acquainted with 
the type of soccer that is played with the Sounders, and mm-hmm. he just couldn't do it. Now, something else that huge happened is what did Chivas do? What was different? Uh, Rodolfo Pizarro is a key player. He did not play the the game here in Seattle. Mm-hmm. He ends up playing over there, and he just opens up so many options for this team. He he can control the ball. He can carry it. He can interchange with Perez and um, Pineda. Allows him to have a little bit more movement. Uh, he uh, allows the team to uh, – Seattle has to end up putting two players on him, and he just opens up space. So th- that's one thing. Number two – Alan Pulido, as much as he is their leading mm-hmm. striker, he funnels their offense. So they're not as fluid when he's there because they ended up going from a 4-4-2 mm-hmm. to a 4-2-3-1. So mm-hmm. when, when Godinez is up there and you got Lopez at playing the 10 and Pizarro and Brizuela can ca- uh, kind of give you a little bit of movement, they become so much more fluid because they're not forcing the ball to a guy like Polito. So I, I think that that was huge. And they were just better. Better overall. They they retained the ball. They were more aggressive. And, and it was just a bad game for Seattle overall. And Polito was out from a yellow card accumulation? Yes. Yes. He was suspended for that game because of that. And I, I honestly, and not just me, there are a few of us analysts mm-hmm. who believe that Chivas sometimes is better without Polito because mm-hmm. that offense is more fluid. That makes a lot of sense. And if we had some defensive weaknesses for that match too, right? We had, uh, well, we had Kim Kihi, uh, kind of not quite integrated with the team yet. Um, and then <clears throat> did, did we send Leardham down? It was a few weeks ago. I don't he, remember. No, Leardham came, came on the field in. second half. Mm-hmm. Leardham came on second half. We probably should have started and, him, but yeah. I think they were trying to hold him and not <clears throat> give him as many minutes. And who started mm-hmm. right back? That wasn't, oh, shoot. It was uh, Jordan McCarry. Okay. Yeah, Jordan McCarry ended up being mm-hmm. on the right. Waylon Francis, who yeah. I feel like he's a pretty, uh, safe and and sound defender had a bad game. Uh, Roman Torres himself was was pushing a little bit high, mm-hmm. a little bit sloppy. It was just a bad game overall, and, yeah. and, and th- there's no excuse. I get it. Uh, I think that Guadalajara came out there. They were the team that was just more ready to play that game. Yeah. Seattle came a little bit flat, and, and uh, the three yeah. zero score ended up being. Lucky for Seattle because it could have been five or six goals. Stephen Fry had a couple of key saves. Bang so, on saves. Yeah, yeah. so it, it was only just a bad game. Yeah. But 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 let's not panic. I mean, we've no, got to no. realize that Nicolás Odero did not play. The, the, he has been an outstanding player and a key player for this team ever since he's been here. He's played, I believe, 58 of 60 regular games. He's easily our most uh, accurate passer. He's someone who uh, is not only someone who distributes, but he's a uh, somebody who can incorporate himself into that second striker or push up and score some goals. So, mm-hmm. yeah, he, he's a key player that was missing. Is there any history or any patterns with uh, away games and the way the team's prepared? Like we keep, we don't have a whole lot to compare to. Our last, you know, our last way was set to Tecla. We got just, you know. Crap happened. I mean, we, we probably did worse than we should have, but you know, before that, it was Toronto. And we got played off the park, similar to the way that we played in Toronto the year before, but we were able to get to a penalty shootout. Is the preparation any different? Are our teams just better prepared to play against us? Is it home versus away? What are the biggest differences? Or is it just just bad luck? Like, you drop you drop a piece of bread with butter on it, and it's always it's butter, butter side down. down. I mean, is it just bad luck that we took the injuries and had we had our full, you know, had we had all the guys 
for 90 minutes. I'm not saying with or without Nico, but the guys that traveled, if we had those guys for 90 minutes, would this have been a different game? Absolutely. Look, I think preparation is not the issue. Uh, Brian Smetzer, I've been able to follow him and talk to him every single day. His intensity, his preparation is always there. Guys are doing some video studying. Uh, they uh, talk to people who had traveled to Guadalajara. They knew where to stay, how to prepare. They were there early. It, it wasn't that. And and I don't like to use the word luck, but soccer can be very circumstantial. Mm-hmm. So a circumstance is not an excuse. People tend to associate those two. And, and, I, and I've said that on my Twitter feed. Uh, I've put it out there because that, that's just not the case. The circumstances were not to Seattle's advantage. And maybe they haven't been in the past. The Toronto game, you know, maybe an exception uh, th- that it was just a, a, a bad game. But when it comes to this Chiefs game particularly, you had four players that were that were key that were either out or ended up being substituted early. So it's just it, it's not an excuse. It's just the facts. If Nicolas Lodero is not there, it's not an excuse. It's just a fact. Mm-hmm. If Bruin was out in the first 20 minutes of the game, it, it, it's not an excuse. It, it's a fact. Of course. So it, that's just kind of what happened, the way he played itself out. And it ended up being just a bad circumstance for Seattle. Sometimes in the Ziggy era, it was one bad thing's going to happen. All right, forget it. it it's, st- it's stacked against us. We shouldn't even try. <laughs> and we would just we'd fold up and just play like that. Now, this team has overcome quite a bit in, in as far as adversity. There's been plenty of times we've been down two or three goals, and we come back to tire win. Um, so you basically, we don't, we're not going to use the word luck, but it's unfortunate circumstances that basic, that, that were too much to overcome. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I mean, and, and Brian tries, I want to make this very clear. Siggy and Brian are very different coaches and, and Brian's a risk taker. Brian is not going to just settle for, uh, let's just try to hold off and, and get the result or let's lose by one or two. Brian's going to want to get out there and, and, and get the result or, or tie it up. He, he does not care. We're going to go down 5-0. He's going to push his lines. Mm-hmm. He's going to make the substitution necessary. He tried to do it with, with putting Nagel in, but Nagel mm-hmm. was just a non-factor at the end yeah. of the game. And, and when, Dempsey's playing as a fake nine and there's nobody that can make those runs and, and have the quality to create some danger out of yeah. out of the flanks, th- then he becomes obsolete. And that's just what happened. So can um so this is uh this is something as a, a, a newer soccer fan, um it took me a long time to understand what you meant by a false nine or a fake nine. Can you describe what that role is for folks that might be newer to the game? Yeah, sure. I mean, a, a false nine uh, f- for us, you know, in, in, in me growing up with soccer in South America, it's just a, a, a striker that is willing to come back and interchange roles with either the guy coming out the wings mm-hmm. or the guy playing the 10. He's uh, following behind those defenders, making those runs. So what he does is he pulls those defenders as uh, he has a reference mark uh, as the nine mm-hmm. when he pulls back. There's that 10 who can get behind them as the defenders are worried about this nine. So it's just uh, somebody who's not just willing to be the uh, guy in the reference to make goals, mm-hmm. but he's actually distributing, making a little bit back moves, checking back to, to get that ball. I right. mean, that's just basically not somebody who's stuck in the middle, just trying to keep them occupied, but coming back and doing a little bit of distributing as well. Okay. So would you say that Josie is a regular nine where he is always 
behind, you know, yes. slightly behind the center backs, you know, looking for channels, taking them to the right and to the left. That's what a normal nine should do. Right. Is that what Valdez had done a couple Absolutely. years ago where he's the unsung hero, but he is always out there banging bodies with people and, and you know, taking trying to take your defenders out of position. To create room for other players, but he just didn't get on the score sheet. Yeah, absolutely. That, that's exactly what it is, and and it's not easy because when you are that low nine on a four two three one, you have to work with the goal behind your back, and you have mm-hmm. to be able to hold the ball and turn and get other guys involved. I think Will Bruin does a great job at it. I mean, when you see him working hard out there, he's also holding the ball, and you'll see him give, give a little heel. Or, or, or a little quick one touch and he gets somebody involved. He's a lot smarter than people yeah. think. I mean, he, 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 you know, people just see him as a bruiser and that's just a, he's going to get out there and just rough no, you up. But, but, but he's very smart. smart. Yep. No, and that, that's what you need that quality nine. I think that's what he does well. Yeah. And a nine is, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, is, is often the first touch in a counter, right? Right. So you're recovering the ball and then suddenly you got three or four guys sprinting downfield. You're hitting like one touch to a guy in midfield who's then distributing it to somebody on the attack, then across, and then whatever. I mean, that nine is a, what I mean to say is that nine is a very pivotal role. And like you said, he's got to be defending and attacking at all times. Right. Yeah. He's your first pressure guy. And he's the one that, as soon as he's the first line, I mean, mm-hmm. he's going to have to pressure. And Brian will tell you this. I mean, when there's a defensive breakdown, it's not the defense, it's not mm-hmm. the center back. It right. was the, the, the two fives or, and it was the, the first line, the first nine that didn't pressure or it was the winger that didn't cut inside. I mean, that it's always, it all starts from the top. Mm-hmm. Defending starts from the top. Mm-hmm. Right on. So moving on right, to so. the next travesty, uh, FC. <laughs> so no, the, uh, in, in chronological, chronological. Yeah, that's the next it one. It was you said, S2, S2. S2 versus Portland. You're right. I'm so, sorry. S2 had their inaugural game at Cheney Stadium, grass on the baseball diamond. Mm-hmm. And, uh, um, it, the weather, the weather cooperated. It was a good night. Mm-hmm. Um, packed. I think what they get like six grand. Yep. Yep, I think it's six thousand. Yeah, they were sold out. Yeah, uh, you we'll have Casey on again. I'm sure. I'm pointing at Steve. Steve was out of town. I was. I was down in Reno for March Madness, betting basketball and losing money. And your wife, great. your wife came with. It was girls' night. Uh-huh. Everyone, uh huh. Everyone, everybody brought, brought their a date. Others. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> there's significant others. Friends. Did you? Uh, so I'm. I'm, I'm pointing at Nico. Nico went to the match, right? Yes, I did. I was there. What was your take? I, I, I was. I'm curious on how the grass plays on the dirt part um if you're if you're watching at home the the uh home plate was basically the uh ecs side to the left and then first base would have been essentially uh the right corner flag and they play into left field mm-hmm. um so I, i'm wondering how you know how the how the play was on a baseball diamond i don't know if, if baseball grass plays different than soccer grass but I imagine the, the the grass over turf over dirt probably yeah. played a little bit different. So I would be afraid that as a as a goalie or as a defender, where you don't have a whole lot, you don't you don't get to make mistakes with a bad touch if if that thing hits a, a crazy hop. So yeah, the right. Edge of the, so the infield's going to be a little harder, and the outfield's going to be a little softer. Yeah, I'm curious right. how that plays. I wonder if that's. I heard I heard zero complaints. I mean, that that was one of my very first questions to Sam Rogers, mm-hmm. who we had after the game, and he, Sam. because I wanted to know what was the difference between playing in that turf down at Starfire mm-hmm. and this new grass, which looked beautiful by yeah, the way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it, oh, it, it, it looked amazing. I mean, they did a 
fabulous job there at Chinese Stadium. But he basically said oh, it's way better. I mean, way better. You can actually play good soccer. I believe I quote uh, him saying that you can actually play good soccer because the ball just rolls better. They're running around. They're not worried about getting hurt. Is mm-hmm. what I'm thinking. <laughs> but mm-hmm. I mean, it was just he looked great. I mean, I have to say that for regardless of, of whether it was a baseball stadium or not, the improvement in the play was huge. I mean, I mean, you're talking about apples and oranges. I mean, it was so much better that every single player, I think, would tell you the same thing. Perfect. Now, logistically, um, we we had a hiccup in the beginning with the National Anthem, but, yeah, we'll work some kinks out. Um, the ECS was behind uh, the, what would be? First baseline, South basically. Goal. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and they were rip-roaring. It's funny because when they were doing their chants, I was trying to pay attention after about the fourth song. Like every time, instead of Seattle, it would be Tacoma. They would insert Tacoma into a lot of their mm-hmm. into the songs, and it was cute. I was trying to figure out, you know, what the next song would be and how you can insert Tacoma into that. Uh, so they did a great job. And for the first time, we had pyro. You know, we had smoke bombs and things, which yeah, God, it was it was it was refreshing. Um, we scored in right before the end of the first half, and before the smoke dissipated, before people were done cheering. We got another one. Yep. But um, do you want to talk about the goals? Yeah, sure. I mean, uh, b- before I do, I, I want to praise Sounders fans. I mean, they they have showed up for when they were at Starfire. They show up every single game uh, when they're in Seattle. And now they're going to Tacoma. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not an easy drive. Uh, anybody who's done that travel from Seattle or, or, or you know, can't to, to – uh, here in Tacoma, it's not easy. And, yeah. and we, yeah. I went, I went with my family. I took my, my kids and my, my wife to the stadium and it wasn't easy getting there. And yet it, it was a fantastic show by the entire fan base. I mean, 6,000 strong. That, that's big time for a, I think it was a week game and Friday night. Yeah. We'll Friday night see, game. We'll see Wednesday. It, yeah, like yeah. you said, it's going to be, it's going to be tough getting down. We'll see how many people are, are motivated mm-hmm. on a school night on a Wednesday to drive, depending on, you know, I think we had more Tacoma fans than, than used to. It looked like they did. It looked like there's a lot of unfamiliar faces. Cause I, as many times as I go to the stadium, mm-hmm. I see a lot of familiar faces. Mm-hmm. And these ones look like they're from Tacoma. Yeah. Um, and, and on a midweek game, the weather's still kind of crappy. It's kind of cold out there. You're going to see a little bit of a, a depression in, in attendance, but I, I would bet that we get at least 4,000 people out there. It's going to be a great time. Um, you know, they want to, the fans are going to want to win after Swope and we'll see how it goes. Yeah. But overall the team played well. I thought that, uh, at times, uh, Sounders too had a, an issue retaining the Mm -hmm. ball and that's normal. I mean, I asked, uh, the coach about it and he ended up saying that, I mean, he has all these young players because that's something S2 has been doing is getting all these academy players, these younger players a chance to play, right? Mm-hmm. So he doesn't have the quality uh, uh, or the experience, let me say, not the quality, the experience of some, uh, you know, center defensive midfielders or uh, midfielders overall to hold the ball, ice the game. So they had a little bit of issue with that, but I thought they played well. I mean, uh, they ended up getting a, a, a PK, which uh, Felix ended up taking a, a good shot. Uh, I think he's a, he's, it's a very good target forward. He, he played well. Um, I, I, I like the, the way the team looked early in the game. Uh, it was kind of interesting seeing Tony Alfaro in there in, cause he's kind of been digressing back and forth. Mm-hmm. So him, him and Sam Rogers kind of work out and maybe Alfaro trying to get himself out of a slump that he's been through. Yeah. Uh, 
I think there's a good place for him to start. Mm-hmm. Maybe uh, getting some of those small issues taken care of. Uh, love David Olsen. Thought he was great. Carrying the ball, distributing. So overall, I think it was a very good game. Uh, it, it, let's talk about Nick Hines. I mean, he was mm-hmm. getting the second goal. He puts the, 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 the winning goal overall. And I think he, he played a pretty good game. Right yeah, that, the ball rolled in, uh, got kind of just just a, a, a slight redirection, and Nick Hines gets a ball to it, and and as he's kind of falling down, he just scoops it up and over the keeper's head, and like I said, it was just just like we talk about Kramer goals, the PK and the last goal uh, in, the, in the first half were all like within the last five minutes, and the smoke barely even uh, barely even cleared in between goals. So, unfortunately, there was no scoring in the second half, but. That's fine. That's okay. A win's a win. Opening against Timbers. We did concede a funky goal. It looked like, I don't know if the ball got redirected, but it came, uh, as you're looking, we were heading, ball was heading down uh, the right-hand side of the field, so it's heading towards left field. And it it gets, I don't know if it's a shot or a cross, but it looked like it uh, ended up in the keeper's lap when he wasn't ready and and ended up going far post for a (laughs) tap-in. Sounds like I'm a shot going, to me. I'm just going, no, but you know, it's one of those things where, <laughs> yeah, if you, you know, if you're yeah, playing yeah. catch with your friends and you're you're waiting for the ball here, uh-huh. and then it, it just ends up, you know, just slightly getting redirected. <laughs> no matter what, you're just not. It's going to be hard to recover from that. now. Yep. That's just by memory. I don't know if you um, had a better look at it. I don't know if I, I was probably getting beer when when that happened, <laughs> and and there were no away fans really, but. I couldn't tell what happened until I got back and saw the score. I'm like, oh, that sucks. But <clears throat> do you have a better recollection of? of no, I mean, I mean th- that's that's about what it was. I mean, it was an early goal. It was a kind of a like you mentioned. I mean, it was just like a, a mistake, kind of in the back, and mm-hmm. ended up just getting the back of the goal. Uh, but I thought the team responded well to that. I mean, because they were down the score first. They were, they were down early. Uh, but it was the thirtieth. So they ended up going down at the beginning of the game. So I mean. Power to them. Power to them to, that they were able to come back and, and get those two goals right back after that 30th minute goal. Uh, do you have any advice for fans going into the game on Wednesday? Go early. Show <laughs> go, up early. Show as up early. early as you can. Enjoy it because there's, uh, if you go with kids, they have a lot of activities they can do. There's a little diamond in the bag that kids could like mm-hmm. play with yeah. and there's a little park i mean just enjoy it. get there early get the parking because it's, it's not a lot of it there's parking on the stadium but you got to get there otherwise they close it down and you have to park the high the school next door yep. yeah yeah it's tough it's Foss high school i believe is <laughs> yep. right there yep so that's where i ended up parking <laughs> right for me on. it's uh get food before you get there uh i was expecting we got, we got uh, was it Summit Club? Is that the mm-hmm. name of it? Yep. We got yep. Summit Club seats, and I was expecting like dinner and drinks and whatnot. But I, I think I, I just got spoiled because at the at the Sounders games, there's a club seating that you have all inclusive food and and whatnot at the at the Wells Fargo or Fox Sports Lounge or whatever. And I was expecting food this time, and there's the the food is it's great. I had a great great prime rib sandwich, but I had to pay like out stadium prices for it and i would just wasn't really like man if i'd have known i was gonna have to pay 20 bucks for a sandwich or, or 13 <laughs> bucks for a sandwich i probably would have gone to dickie's before so i'd say show up with a full belly and then drink your face off because there's a lot of local brews seven seas mm-hmm. um just go have fun and if it is raining you might be able to find a covered spot you know 
to to watch the game, but it, it'll be a good time regardless. So please go. Yep, yep. And they have the Red Hot uh, hot dog stand there. So the Red Hot is a local uh, hot dog place that serves. They've got like. 32 taps or 38 taps uh, up on 6th Avenue. And uh, they have all kinds of great hot dogs like the Hosmer Hound Dog, which is peanut butter and bacon. And I think a little mustard on a hot dog is fantastic. It's a it's a beautiful treat. I might have um, to try that next time I'm there. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And they've got all their dogs there. They don't I don't know if they serve beer at that stand. I think that's food only stand. But uh, the Red Hot's great. Uh, so definitely try that out. Um, yeah, uh, the, the Cheney's a great experience, no matter what, what you're going for, uh, whether it's soccer, whether it's baseball, it's a, it's a really great, great place to go, uh, with family and yeah, get there early. Cause they're really great with the fan experience and parking can be a little bit difficult. So definitely carpool with your friends. Yeah. If you haven't been down there for <laughs> soccer, at least take a look around, you know, maybe hit a couple of stores mm-hmm. that you haven't seen before because it's not Seattle. Yeah. And it's really encouraging to hear that the, that the players like Sam Rogers are really enjoying the surface. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and that's a, a huge testament to the groundskeepers there too, because they take serious pride in, in how they're doing that work. Oh, it's, an, it's an ordeal flipping that oh, thing yeah. back and forth. So oh, you want to close yeah. the book on S2? Yep, we're going to close the book on S2. Well, and then... Before we do that, oh, yeah, I, I, I know that you guys uh, wanted to know a little bit about uh, uh, what Estrada is doing with the team. Oh, oh sure. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so uh, he... There's some questions. Right, so so basically, drink, he, drink. He's, he's doing a great job. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> when the dog barks, you drink at home, okay? <laughs> Unless you're in the car, then take a, take a sip of your water Coffee. Bottle. Or right. whatever, your Whatever's sippy cup right if you're there. in the back in the mm-hmm. little... Do, 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 do. <laughs> so basically, he's doing a great job being a leader for this uh, younger group. Mm-hmm. He uh, had been kind of in the USL and, and trying to get back. Uh, I spoke to him when he was just kind of practicing with the team here and there. He practices a lot with the first team. Um, but at the end of the day, all he was trying to do was stay fit, maybe get a chance at a spot with the Sounders. But he realized that it's, it's kind of a, a a tough perception, you know. It, it's not very likely that he's going to get with the first team. So yeah. I think he took the S2 role. I know he's doing something uh, as like a trainer as well, a coaching role mm-hmm. uh, with S2. So I think it's been great. Uh, he uh, has no ambition to do, you know, get his career back in the path of, of just MLS in general. Yeah. Sure. I think he's going to be close to the game. He wants to continue working with it. And Sanders too has given him the perfect path because he is a, a, a great, intelligent player. He can provide these kids with the right tools to become better players. So mm-hmm. I think it's great. And he's played great with S2. I think he's still got some burst. He can still score. He can still move. I mean, I think that uh, him playing with S2 is beneficial to all of the players and himself overall i mean i think it's a great move yeah i could see i could see him being a leader on the field and and almost a player coach where you know maybe exactly directing traffic while he's you know running up and scoring goals which he's gotten three goals in two games as far as i remember he got one in uh no wait did he get one in seattle or did he get one here or just, no no okay, he, so he just had here. the two yep um all right uh <laughs> fc dallas absolutely but first we're going to take a little bit of a break uh thanks again nico for coming on we'll see you a little bit after the break talk a little bit more about fc dallas and then of course the swope park game a little bit of a, of a preview and uh hopefully we'll get to pick your brain on some scouting absolutely all right you are listening to the flounders b team podcast
All right, all right, all right. Welcome back to the Flounders B-Team podcast. Once again in studio, we have Nico Moreno. Say hey, man. Hey, hey, hey. What's hey. up, guys? Ready for this second part of this great podcast. <laughs> I love the energy you're bringing to the room, my yeah. friend. So all right. Cool. Let's do it. And Timbalai Jebediah. Here. Present accounted for. Present. <laughs> A little uh, Holmes. Present. All right. So, uh, let's see. What else do we have on the docket? We want to talk a little bit about the FC Dallas match. What happened there? Uh, maybe some quick notes on Swope Park Rangers. And then we have some listener questions and anything that you'd want to share, Nico. So, thanks again, once again. I mean, we just absolutely, just as an aside, we just absolutely love the coverage you provide and the the absolutely like up to the minute kind of roster rumors, especially from Central America and and just the connections you have and that you've cultivated over you said the past six years yeah are absolutely phenomenal you're always it's like 99 percent of the time you're just on point right on top of what's happening you got the pulse thank you guys i appreciate it i mean it's uh i appreciate you guys following the information i mean it's never easy to kind of uh move things around and uh, the crazy thing about rumors and, and transfer talk is that you everything that you report is subjected to change mm-hmm. you know so i'm giving you guys kind of the, the behind look in the negotiating table as i hear it from different sources and believe me i filter my sources one two three checks making sure that they're absolutely correctly mm-hmm. and then i'll bring them out there so it, that part is tough but but i love it i mean i've been addicted to it uh ever since my my two and I, this is kind of probably not uh amazing blow your mind type of uh, <laughs> information but i mean m- m- my first couple of uh signing rumors were diego rossi who was a sounders two player inaugural mm-hmm. s2 season and um andres correa uh left back who got zero play time <laughs> with the first team and those are the two first and after that i just became obsessed about the transfer window I started doing kind of favors for uh, media in South America. Uh-huh. So once I do you a favor, then you got to do me a favor. I'm here. You're there. Let's share some information. Mm-hmm. I don't charge you anything, but I need some info. Then I started calling some of my old coaches that are in some teams. Uh, I have family members who are uh, either part of like the coaching staff or uh, – uh, the, the physical training department, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. medical. So just I, I try to move as many uh, – spots and and people i have everywhere to just try to get some information leverage your knowledge leverage your relationships man <laughs> that's, that's right. what it's all about as what it is all about man okay well uh before we get to scouting let's talk a little bit about fc dallas and um uh that was last sunday a week ago sunday uh, again we're catching up a little bit what was the final score line on that one mr tim zero to three not pretty. It was not pretty. I was listening in the uh, car driving home from Reno, Nevada, the lovely, illustrious, <laughs> the biggest little city in the world. Um, uh, driving back from Reno from our uh, annual trip and um, just tempted to turn the darn thing off. But I had to listen to every minute, every minute. So how did that uh, how did that develop for you in the first half? <laughs> I, I thought, I uh, know, I just, the, the thing fell apart so quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm wondering if, if, uh, uh is it Os- Oscar Pereja is the coach, right? Yes. I'm wondering if he has a bounty on, <clears throat> on Dempsey. Like, if you get him tossed in the first 20 minutes, you get, this is the second time 
Uh, second time Dempsey's been ejected from a Dallas game. Uh, last time was a couple of years ago when we were kicking the crap out of yep. him. We had like five nothing, but he touched a guy's face or, or you know, told him he needed a better eyeshadow or something, and ended up getting thrown out of that one too. And this starts to turn into a, a pattern that fulfills itself because I'm listening on the radio and I'm thinking, oh my God, Clint Dempsey, he's a freaking liability. And we got the ghost of Clint Dempsey uh, <laughs> sitting in the room with us, of course. Appreciate y'all. Appreciate y'all. Yeah. Th- yeah. <laughs> But, you know, I can see it. I can see the play. I can see him, like, on the ground and basically just punching a guy in the junk, right? I can see this happening from Clint Dempsey. And then I get back, and a couple days later, I'm finally watching the replay and so on and so forth. And there, so forth. And if there was any contact at all, it was completely incidental. And if anything, he was trying to not make contact. He was like pulling his arm as close to his body as humanly possible so as not to accidentally kick this guy that's all or hit this guy that's all over him behind him from 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 creating that foul and to to have var and i don't know what your position is on var is nico but for my money it's not really added a whole lot of value to the game no, I, I think it's awful. And let's go back to that play. Yeah, and yeah. I'll talk about please VAR. do, please do. But I mean, look, I know that I don't want to extend myself, and it's kind of mm-hmm. hard for a mm-hmm. Colombian because we are talkers, so we just sure. stand every freaking <laughs> opinion we have. But I mean, I I believe that yes, Dempsey can be a hothead, but he's a very smart player. And at this particular time, all, all he was trying to do was get that hand off his back. Yep. If you look back in that game. The camera actually catches a couple of instances in which Clint Dempsey is being pushed from the back. It's just being kind of antagonized yeah, in, into yeah, into exactly. making a move, and he's just trying to get that hand off. And the player for Dallas just plays it off, gets the Oscar of the year, completely <laughs> just Meryl Streep falls into the ground. I mean, it, it, it's awful. The the referee buys it, and then mm-hmm. we go into VAR. VAR to me is a joke. VAR to me it kills the essence of soccer for one, and for two, if you are one of those naive people that believes that VAR is gonna take care of every single issue that mm-hmm. refereeing has, mm-hmm. then I'm sorry to tell you, but it's not true. It is not true. The element of mistake and human error will continue to be there, yep. regardless of how many times you replay something. Is just not gonna change. Yep. In my in, it, no, thank you. I appreciate that. It's 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 refreshing to hear that because there's a lot of folks who are like, oh yeah, this is wonderful. It's eventually just let it let it let it level out. It's going to make the game so much better. And for me, and and we've seen this a couple of times. There's a real controversial call just this last week. Um, ah, crap, I don't even remember what game it is. I shouldn't Vancouver. have brought it up. Uh, the Vancouver game, yes. And and basically, it's uh, pen. It was was it Penso. Well, for us, pencil is the one that carded, right? Well, carded, and then for the Dempsey, for the for carded Dempsey. But then the the Vancouver game, the referee was uh, another guy we don't like. Not pencil. Was it Marufo? <laughs> Marufo or Balsack Tornado? It was. I I want to say it was uh, Balderrama, <laughs> Toledo, right? Ball Tornado. Ball Tornado. Um, but anyway, really uh, my point being Toledo. that it's VAR simply gives a referee to the opportunity to double down on a completely bullshit call and say, well, I've got video evidence that supports me. And, and if there's not a 
meaningful disciplinary or review process that does something like, oh, remove the red card, uh, remove the suspension from from Dempsey and actually goes through that without forcing a coach to 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 put his credibility on the line and challenge that in front of the committee. If there's not an internal process to say, wait a minute, uh, five out of, you know, five out of six dentists agree that was a bullshit call. Yeah. Why is that not happening? Is that something that, that, that people, that people are talking about? Maybe because that... you, you want to defend yeah. the system. You want to defend yeah. the VAR. You want to defend your colleague. I'm if not going to, I'm not going to yeah. say my colleague is wrong and VAR is wrong, even though it is because you want to protect it. And I think it's shit. I don't know if we can say that word, yeah. but you know, it, it's shit. So I mean, I, I just, I, I, don't, I don't like it at all. I feel like it's a joke. And I think it's a money thing that, that people are bringing in. It's going to be in the World Cup. It's, it's gaining speed, and I hate it. The thing I love, and this this drives me nuts about VAR too, is in the NFL, in the Major League Baseball, mm-hmm. you go in and there's this like shroud of this this cone of silence, right? This shroud of secrecy around. Oh, he's looking at the video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In 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 soccer, there's this big plexiglass box (laughs) do a little sandblasting in there (laughs) exactly you can like go test your viral samples while you're looking (laughs) but seriously i mean okay i'll get off my soapbox here but var in my mind is is simply that it's 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 curing a weakness it's reinforcing a weakness in in uh, lousy officiation. Well, if anything else, it takes the fun out of the game mm-hmm. because, I mean, how many times, how many times, okay, first mm-hmm. of all, most of the time when people score, the first thing they do before they cheer is they go and look to see if the AR's got his flag. Right, no? right. All right, then we can cheer. No, <laughs> now the ref is going to go look for oh, the big God. square and like, oh, so it was bad enough. It wasn't offside, but now. And then yep. your enthusiasm is like, okay, great. It's all cool. Right. And now we're cheering the, the okay, yeah, it's a goal call rather than the actual event that happened on the field. Right, right. So you lose uh, that kind of uh, enthusiasm and excitement. This is, this is the second year, or at least, well, I had six. It was halfway through first, the first year, so they should have had it right by now, and they got it wrong. So fix it or forget it. Move yeah. On. Well, b- bottom line, I thought that. That should not have been a red card. It ended up affecting the Seattle Sounders. Mm-hmm. It's at the 37 minutes. They had just been scored on in a, a play in which knew who was a little bit out of position mm-hmm. at times. Although he's is a great player with great physical attributes, he tends to get a little bit higher, a little bit crazy because mm-hmm. he's a little bit of a daredevil. And that's kind of what you get with new who he, he's great at attacking and he can recover it many mm-hmm. times. But Barrios completely swept the floor with him on that side. He took him to school, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. uh, was beating him behind his back every single time. And that's where uh, Lamont ended up getting his first goal after the Dempsey gets booted out. The team just kind of becomes less creative if that's even possible at that moment in time mm-hmm. and then Uruti who's been fantastic I mean I don't like the player because he was a Portland Timber <laughs> and I just can't stand the guy but 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 he's great I mean he he's a workhorse he mm-hmm. he's the type of player that will he's a high motor guy he can shoot the ball from every single angle that you can give it to him and and he ends up taking us you know the second goal comes in wow. and, and Seattle just falls apart right. and at the end of the day oh, wow. Seattle was Simply just not as 
compact and 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 cohesive mm-hmm. as Dallas was. Your lines aren't straight. You're you're not even with your man. You got not enough people or too many people behind the ball. All of that, right? Um, so let's see. The, the Sturk family mm-hmm. they they made mention that uh, that just like you said, uh, Rudy runs his butt off, mm-hmm. and they appreciate that from him. And mm-hmm. I, during the game, I I sent the sent the comment over there. So you're exactly <laughs> right. He is. Exactly as advertised. He's you know they're up three nothing, four nothing, and he you know he's still he's still running his butt off trying to get that one more goal. Maybe he's maybe he's got a bonus at the end of the rainbow it, there. Yeah. And I thought a lot of a lot of, a lot of the wink play wasn't there. I think Harry Ship he he can do some things, but Lerdam was doing all of the running. Mm-hmm. Lerdam was the one that was pushing in and was making those deep runs. That mm-hmm. At times, before Dempsey got thrown off, he was finding Lerdam in the corner. And those are important. Every time that you work out of this Brian Schmetzer system, you need your left and right back to push forward. And that's why you play with two fives that can take that space and allow those two uh, fullbacks to have a lot of freedom. And that just wasn't there overall when it comes to Juana, although he's got a lot of talent, looked a little bit lethargic. Mm-hmm. He was insecure. There was one time where I recall Nuhu shoving him, physically shoving him <laughs> to give him the, that outside lane mm-hmm. and saying, tuck inside a little more. Yep. And then Juana was not really finding Nuhu. It was just not cohesive overall. I mean, it was just bad play. And I think these younger players, they're really they're talented. I mean, I love Juan. I mean, he I think he has a lot of talent, but he needs a little bit of room to grow. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why at some point you bring in this uh, Diego Capel possibly to teach a, a lot of these kids with that international play, you know? Okay. So what's the story with Diego? Segway. Segway to a listener <laughs> question from Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I just took notes. So what's the story with Diego? I'll look up you talk about Diego and I'll look up uh Sure, listener. absolutely. Well, Diego Capel is he's a Spaniard winger who can play a little bit of striker. Uh, I mainly recall him from when he was in Sevilla. Uh, I feel like that's when he played his best soccer. Uh, he won Copa del Rey uh, with Sevilla. Uh, he is a high-paced, well, has a great touch on his left foot. But at this moment in time, today, he hasn't played since August of last year, I believe. Oh. And he's trying to regain his shape a little bit. I mean, I see him out there. You can see he has the right idea. He wants to be at certain places. He has a, a big burst. So uh, I, I try to explain this in, in, in Twitter. From and to the ball, he has a lot of burst. Explosive. Explosive. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. Just that break to the ball or break from the ball. I mean, that's what he has. But he's definitely trying to recover that shape. Because he looks like he hasn't played soccer in a little bit of time. Mm. And, and that just all comes with what Diego Capel could bring. However, he is a player that's played over 200 games out broad in some of the best leagues in the world. Portugal, Spain. Um, he plays in sport in, uh, in Portugal. Uh, a, a very good player, but needs to regain his shape. I think, and this is my opinion... He was. He continues to be part of the team practices. I feel like they like this player, and they will sign him at the end of the winter window. That that's my belief. I think that they're going to sign him. I feel like they know what he can bring, his potential, and they're going to allow him to get there physically and and bring once again 
that wisdom to the younger players and that ability of having a veteran player at 30 years old who could you could bring into any game and he's not going to be afraid of the big game or the big play. He's going to know what to do and what not to do. Okay. Right, okay. That was uh, Mike, the Rev Mike Boone on Twitter that asked that question. I've got a couple questions. Big um, Mike. Thanks, Mike. Uh, <laughs> uh, is he going to be uh, like a, t- a TAM player? I mean, what kind of salary is he going to require? This is not the DP that Th- we're... That, that's a tough one. That's a real tough one because uh, I don't know if he will be a time player. Uh, according to what I've been able to gather and, and, and calling some of my uh, Victor Rodriguez uh, colleagues back in Spain and, and trying to figure it out a little bit more about him overall, I, I think his... He, his transfer or his card is in the he's a free transfer but i mean his overall cost is in about five hundred thousand. i think they'll sign him about 250 Mm -hmm. and i don't know if that will be tam i think he will end up being some tam money but i think they're going to definitely lower that cost from from six to either 250 to 300 is that going to be just is that just going to be uh, MLS kicking in uh, for a little bit of that with league money, or is that and, and that that's a tough is that going to be me. like a signing bonus that 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 addresses the salary ca- salary cut? And, and that's exactly the part that I don't. I mean, he's not get. getting minutes where he's at. Yeah. So right, absolutely. <laughs> now is he is he going to be in a situation like Eddie Johnson where he's trying to come back and improve, and then he's going to ask for more yeah, down the road absolutely. once he once he proves his worth. Sure, if we can't keep him at that price, well, maybe someone else can. Right, or or you know we had the same situation with kind of Hercules Gomez when he came in, and it was kind of like in a certain amount of of contract that you know you're going to play this amount of, of time and then you're going to prove yourself and we'll see from there on yeah. that could be garth is is a very smart businessman i mean mm-hmm. I, I tell this to everybody who i talk to chris henderson and garth lagerway are like starcy and hutch <laughs> <laughs> they are the perfect complement to each other once the hard ass just I, I, i'm cold and calculative uh, I'm not going to marry any player, which is Garth. He's going to be very – if you work for me, you work for me. If you don't, you don't. And then Chris Henderson, he's the super cool, you know, I'm going to really get to know you and, you know, hey, come work for us. You know, I know the sounder way. And he's huge. I mean, he's 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 great for, for this overall. But bottom line, going back to the Diego Capel thing, mm-hmm. Diego Capel thing is just I think that they're going to try to fit him into the right price to work for this team and get another player, another depth player. Are they at the situation where, uh, well, is he tied? Is he going anywhere mm. for international duty for the World Cup? No. Okay, so that, we don't All have right. to worry about losing him. So maybe we could keep him this summer when, uh, for those two weeks when people are gone. And that Next. and that winter window closes, what, May 5th, give or take? Yeah, something okay. like that. The first week of May, I okay. believe. Yeah. Great. And, and you can potentially sign a player early and don't announce him later. So I, I've been everywhere. I've sure. been stalking Starfire, anyways, <laughs> and I haven't seen anything. Uh, and, I, and by stalking, I, I'm not kidding you. I mean, I literally stalked that. You're place. just hanging. Yeah, I'm literally just hanging that place. It's just right off the freeway. It's so easy. <laughs> I kid you not, man. I'm there. I was there this morning. I mean, was, I'm not kidding you. I mean, I'm there all the time. And that's why I could tell you that, that Diego Capel is still with the team, still working out. There was no practice, but I know that he was there, you know. Getting fit because I think he knows that. So yeah. What's his contractual commitment? Where he's at right now? Is he free? zero? Zero. Completely okay. free. All right. Has no team. Oh okay. Is so he, he's okay. That's why I'm okay. Is he going to be able to compete with the physical nature of MLS? Because that's one thing that people have said about uh, Rodriguez is that 
maybe he's just getting kicked a little bit and he's not able to play through it. Like, you know, maybe a little soft. I'll say it. No, uh, Victor's is more of a muscle, uh, I believe. I mean, he's a quad thing. And uh, I can tell you guys right here that uh, he was on his way to be back. He was on his way to be back with the team, and that injury aggravated throughout mm-hmm. a practice. I don't recall if it was a sprint or if it was a play that he was trying to battle on, but he ended up aggravating that. So I don't think he has anything to do with his physicality. I just think it was a muscle injury. All right. So we got you in your element now. You you, you feel comfortable. It sounds like you're flowing. Yes. Who else are we looking at? Who else can you uh, kind of speculate on or give some confirmation about who we're looking at? <laughs> and who, who, who? So that's that. Who, 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 who? <laughs> So who are we looking at and uh, who aren't we looking at that we should be looking at? Well, I can definitely tell you nothing about who we're looking at because, you know, that's my deal. Um, Mm -hmm. I I can tell you that. And people have talked about this. Mm -hmm. I I had a great I I forget his name, but he he hit me on Twitter and he was he calculated the coordinates and he was there. Chris Henderson was in Argentina. Mm -hmm. I mean, Sounder fans are very smart. They, they, They catch it all. And uh, I could tell you that Chris was, or his scouts are, in, his scouts are in South America. Mm-hmm. But Chris himself could possibly have been between Uruguay and Argentina. Mm-hmm. So I, I have a very specific, like I'm talking about breaking it down of where he was, what mm-hmm. teams, what players. I will tell you none of them until <laughs> I can actually get some hardcore information. But I'm telling you that I really like the talent that he's looking at. Yeah. And, and he's someone that he hasn't followed today or last week or a month ago. He's someone that he's been chasing it's after. He's been in his pocket for a while. Uh, absolutely. Good. And that's the best thing about Chris Henderson. Is he's that a long game kind of guy. He's a long game kind of guy. <laughs> and he will be the first one to tell you that yep. I need to see a guy before I bring him in. Yeah. And, yep. and, and that is Chris Henderson 101. He's going to be there. He's going to not just track the way you play, but who you are as a person. Mm-hmm. How, what's your work ethic? What's your work rate? That's basically what he's going to go look at. So, yes, they're looking at the right places. I'm telling you that I I really like who they're coming in. They're looking at some time players. Salazar. And they're looking at some DP players. Mm-hmm. So, it's a little bit of both. And I think they're going to be very happy if we get some of these players in. Right on. Tim, you just said Salazar. Why did you say that? Oh, I miss Suarez. You meant Suarez. <laughs> Suarez. He's not Suarez, not guys. I can tell you guys he's not Suarez. Suarez. If you're expecting Suarez or Harry Kane, I can tell you it's not going to be either one of those. Sorry, I'm distracted. <laughs> I'm working on Starskin right now. <laughs> so was, uh, uh, was Wayne Rooney on holiday down in Argentina, and so we're going to sign Wayne Rooney. Oh, no, 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 no. Okay, absolutely great. not. And, great, and let me great. tell you, okay, it's definitely great, not going to be a 30-plus-year-old <laughs> no guy. Joke. It's going to be somebody – he could be 30. He could be 29. I don't think the Sounders will go and get a DP that's older okay. than that, and I praise him for it. Uh, there is a guy who's 30 and could be 31 that I have in that list that I'm trying to break down, but I will not give you guys a name. However, when I do, you guys will know that I was there. All right, man. So what's the positional focus? Uh, now a striker absolutely so okay. th- th- that's a great question because the sounders prior at the beginning of the season they were looking at a winger slash mm-hmm. striker Darwin somebody Quintero? who <laughs> was he even in the conversation who Quintero. Quintero. they he was looked at 
uh, but he's very high on salary. Okay. And I uh, will tell you guys right now, I, I'm Colombian. I uh, watch him at Deportivo Tolima, and he is a good player, but his best years were at Santos Laguna hmm. a couple of years from now. Uh, anybody who's a Club America fan will tell you the same thing. He is a very dynamic player with lots of move. He will shake you, bake you. But at this point <laughs> in time, that's right. He won't put you in the <laughs> oven. I mean, he, he's lacking that last touch. And I, I think he's a good signing. I think he's going to be an electrifying player. But I don't know if he's going to be worth the 10 to 15 million that I am sure to get him out of that Club Minnesota yeah. paid for him. Uh, I, I, I'm, and that's what I think. Uh, I mean, when I say I'm sure, it's because Nico's sure. I, I haven't read anything <laughs> yeah. at all. I just, I think that's basically what Minnesota must have paid for those three years to bring him here. Thanks to Sean Quinn for the question. So, is there anybody that we should be pursuing that you, if you were in charge, you'd be looking for? Well, th those are two different questions. Yes, they who, very who, much are. Yeah, who, who should we be looking at and who would I be looking at is completely different. It's your star skin hutch. Oh, oh I love gotcha. that. That's awesome. <laughs> I love that. Uh, me, Nico, what I know, I would be looking at Ener Valencia. I, I know that he is a Tigress. I know that when Liga MX teams sell to the MLS, they overtax teams because they have the rivalry going. But Ener Valencia, he is a national team striker. He's played in uh, the EPL. He can beat you in the one-on-one. -on -one. He can beat you in the air game. He has a great mid-range shot. He would be the absolute perfect player for the Seattle Sounders. That's what we'll be looking at. Eduardo Vargas is a step down, in my opinion, from Ener Valencia, but it's someone who I would look at too. Um, so so there, those are the players that I would look at. Now, I'm talking without checking my my wallet because it's not my money. Yeah, you know, I'm not, you know, one on one with Garth. I know that they would look at guys like that if they had the money to do so. I can't comment on that because I'm sure. not anywhere in what they're looking at and how much I want to spend. But that's the guys who Nico Moreno as a GM or as a vice president of sport direction, I would go. Okay. All right. Now, uh, back off, off tape, we were talking about uh, um, bringing in Zlatan and, and what he meant to the league and, and how much people are spending on things. Is Valencia one of those players that has enough cachet where you can make your money back just on oh, shirts, absolutely. just oh, selling oh, shirts. No, 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 no. So he's no. not, he's not like the Chicharito where no. you, you spend any amount because you'll get it back in fan yeah, support. No, and no. Shirts. you're getting okay. soccer out of Ener okay. Valencia. You're going to spend nine to $12 million in Ener Valencia, but you're going to get goals and you're going to get productivity and you're going to get effort and you're going to get uh, a player who is still in his late twenties and will give you four or five years of great soccer. He's not going to sell any shirts. I mean, he's Ecuadorian. He was in the EPL, but he wasn't like Antonio Valencia in Manchester United. He's not that guy. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, he would not bring that. But I, I feel like that's not what you need. I mean, Slatin, I think he's a ambitious move. I think that he's going to sell you tickets. But you're talking about a 6'5 player who has ligament issues mm -hmm. and i've talked to some of the physical uh therapists or you know people mm -hmm. involved with, with with seattle sounders and and 
they all think that you know somebody would that's or the few people I've talked to. Let's verify that. Uh, they they would think that that's a could be a chronic injury, mm-hmm. and I think he's a diva. <laughs> I mean, he really is. Uh, I, I want to be there. And I think Crafts or somebody put this on Twitter. Who's going to tell Slotten that he has to fly coach yeah. from <laughs> one place to another? I mean, that, that's going to be a bad He'll story. He'll fly commercially, privately. I'll, I'll see you there. That's right. He'll just book his own. Yeah. Slotten <laughs> will just jump and the planet will move underneath him. That's right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> and, and this, could, this could work. I mean, this could work. And he could come in and score a lot of goals. But. I feel like it's a high risk move because he could ruin your team mojo. You know, he could True just story. quite not really be there. I think Giotto Santos is a little bit of a diva himself. I, I don't, I, me, I don't see them really matching together. So we'll see how it's going to work out. I think we that Ziggy, Ziggy, yeah, and, and, Ziggy and, and Ziggy has had <laughs> issues talking to egos. I mean, he had issues with Clint Dempsey a little bit, mm-hmm. had serious issues with Eddie, Eddie Johnson. Johnson. I mean, it's just the way. Siggy my work, but I like Kurt. I think Kurt is the smooth talker that might be able to help him out there a little bit. He's in LA, so we'll see how that works, but I'm not huge on it. I don't think that the league needed it. I feel like it was a good, ambitious signing, but eh, whatever it is. So speaking of internal scouting, I suppose, John Murphy wants to know, are we going to see Atacoya feature at all for the first team this season? He doesn't feel like he's heard or read anything about Atacoya this year. I don't think so. I think that Brian is pretty much stuck, uh, and as he should be, with uh, Will Bruin, who's mm-hmm. your verse number nine. Mm-hmm. Then Dempsey being a fake nine, like we talked to, and Lamar Nagel. I mean, that is what he's going to go with, uh, regardless of. Adikoye has not shown enough through practice or through S2 to really be in the conversation. I think he works hard and, and he, he wants to get better. I just don't see him getting much play time. And once again, in the summer, we're going to have a DP striker. Mm-hmm. And that's going to lessen that chance of probability to have him in there. Okay. We know you got to get out of here and get back to your family tonight. But uh, uh, where can we find your work? Yeah. So uh, you could find it at, uh, at El Rolo NW. And that is my Twitter. You could always find me in my work, my articles at Sounder Our Heart. Um, I also do a lot of Spanish broadcasting uh, as well uh, with Deporte Total uh, USA and here and there with the ESPN Deportes uh, in Espanol. That. I I don't want to take I don't want to take it too far uh, further, but that was one of the questions I was asking uh, uh, myself. We've got uh, we've got a good Latin American population in the area, and a significant chunk of our 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 team, our our Latin American and Spanish speaking. Should we be the first to? Oh, this is long winded. Should we be the first to, uh, instead of trying to be British, should we try to try to take some flavor from the Latin Americans and having a Latin American announcer or even a female Latin American announcer? You know, Mark, check two boxes there, like uh, Ellie, like we were talking about. No, yeah, I think that the Seattle Sounders have done that in some way. Uh, I was part of that uh, play-by-play call at El Rey, thirteen sixty a.m., and you know, we we call every game. Uh, should there be maybe a little bit of a TV part to it? 
uh, Diego Arrioja and uh, Jaime Mendez do it in Univision Seattle. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so centers are are pushing that way because they understand that when you have the Panamanian captain in your team, you have Nicolas Odero, one of the most iconic players in South mm-hmm. America. Uh, you have all these different elements. You're going to have to provide that information. This is the first year with Cerro Sanders have their own Spanish version of that webpage, that official webpage. Mm-hmm. They're working that in and they're doing a great job at it. So, yeah, I, I definitely think that that's, that's part of it. And, and yeah, I think it's huge because there is a big fan base of Latin, uh, People not just here in the U in, mm-hmm. in uh, the U S and in uh, the Pacific Northwest, but overall. I mean, I get I get questions, calls from Panama, from Uruguay, from Colombia, from Chile. I mean, it, it's 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 there. That, that want for for information is there. I'm just hoping. I mean, I know they Ross after Ross left, they put in Costigan, and I was just hoping that he was just kind of a short term thing until we could get. Uh, I, I'm just I like Ellie. I'm okay with her. I think, oh, yeah. I think we're progressive enough as a city that it's 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 time to have uh, Ellie. Yeah, Ellie, Ellie Mar is, is great. Uh, I don't I don't know if she's here uh, long term. I know she travels a lot. No. She does a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, she's great. Well, Keith does most of the games from his couch in L.A. Anyway, right? <laughs> <laughs> like no awesome. comment on that. I just talked to him last week. Uh, honestly, I I had not really met him because he's not they're in practice typically and I, I just recently met him uh a couple of weeks ago and it was a weird interaction because i was like hey i think i know you and he's <laughs> like oh yeah well and somebody was like yeah well, i'm a timber for life remember yeah. <laughs> well, well you know i had somebody kind of come up to me like oh well of course he's a tv guy he's a tv and i was like hey well you know nice to meet you but i didn't really know you nico Thank you so much for coming on the show and taking time out of your day. No, thank no, you no, so much. no. Thank you for having me. <laughs> I, I appreciate you reaching out. I uh, yes, have sir. A, a, a piece in my heart for everybody who does something with the Seattle Sounders. I feel like this is such a great community to be a part of, from the fan bases to you guys that are bringing that information to everybody around you. Uh, I want to be part of everything. Cool, and, man. And, and, and not just... I, I thank you for bringing yeah, me on. You're you're becoming an icon in the in the <laughs> people are looking to you. I mean, people are very much looking to you for that news and that that information. You're a trusted voice, and I think uh, we were talking off mic about just your 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 ethic, your journalistic ethic uh, that is really uh, giving you a lot of credibility with everybody that you deal with and everybody that listens to you. So, congratulations on on all the scoops that you've given and all the uh, information that you're sharing with the with the fandom out there. It's uh, honestly from the heart. You're doing great work. Thank you, guys. So are any of these signings going to come out between this now and between the show actually <laughs> Between airing? now and Wednesday? Uh, <laughs> I, I don't think so. As I mentioned, I, I don't expect anything big to happen. <clears throat> until the summer transfer until window? Until the summer transfer window. Okay. Seems uh, part of the course. I think the only thing you'll hear is Diego Capel signing with the team. But aside from that, at this moment in time, I don't have absolutely zero clues that and it's going to happen at this point. All right, man. We'll check back in a three-hour window. Yeah, after we will. We'll just start uh, <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I love you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Once Many again, more. thank you so much for being on the show. Tim, as always, thanks for being a fantastic co-host. Uh, I've been Steve Kettleson, along with the ghost of Clint Dempsey and the saving hands of Stephen Fry. 
live from the Flounders B Team studio here in Tacoma, Washington. Thank you so much for listening to the show. You can find us at floundersbteam.com. You can listen to all the Channel 253 podcasts at channel253.com. Check out Nerd Farmer, Citizen Tacoma, uh, a new podcast called Crossing Division uh, with Dave Jones. It's a fantastic show. Definitely give it a listen. Uh, Nerd Farmer podcast had Derek Kilmer on um, with a, a long, extensive interview, uh, kind of getting to the heart of, of his role in the uh, United States House of Representatives. A little off topic for us, but it's definitely a good listen. Make it happen. Uh, of course, the um, uh, also the Adult Civics Happy Hour coming up in early April. Check that out. We're going to talk about uh, basically white supremacist groups in the Pacific Northwest right here in Tacoma and how uh, they have a negative impact on uh, what our neighborhoods look like and what this, uh, uh, what's going on in, in Tacoma. So, uh, definitely try to pay attention to that. Uh, it'll be broadcast live and tickets are free, but you do got to sign up early. So go ahead and go to channel253.com and find out all about that. Once again, I'm Steve. You're listening to the Flounders B Team podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. This is Channel 253. Dude, you guys have like the best theme song. I'm going to put that on. <laughs>